is Eva and I'm here with another episode of Currently Benching, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds to rate, comment, all greatly appreciated. So yeah, you guys, if you clicked on this, then you know we are talking about another, I think this is the second MCE. <laughs> This is the second MCU entry of the year. I think we have three total, so we have one more, um, which I'm kind of sad to talk about, but also excited to talk about when it does drop, which is the Spider-Man um, No Way Home. Because I'm, I everything that I'm seeing, it seems like this is going to be the last time we see Tom Holland as Spider-Man, and I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, we're talking about Eternals. And I know this is like, what? This will be a week and a half after... <laughs> Eternals first made its entry into theaters, so we are a little bit late, um, but before we jump right in, I do have to start with my warnings per usual, so I this is a solo hosted show. It's just me, as you can hear, so therefore, I have to keep my own self on track. We are going to go all over the place. We're not going to go in a linear line. Like, I have notes, but like, not really, <laughs> so... Like, we're just going to go everywhere. So if that's not your style, then you can feel free to stop right here. Also, I am not a comic book expert. I literally can count on one hand how many comics I have read, but I do love the MCU, the Marvel movies, TV shows, even DC movies, TV shows. Like, I love to watch them. I love to talk about them. So I am talking about these films from a pure love of watching the movies and not necessarily from the comic books so I'm not going to know everything that happens in the comics or like the history of where this these characters came from like sometimes I'll do some googling but about that's about how deep my knowledge <laughs> um historical knowledge will go so if you are a fan of the movies and things like that welcome if you're not and you're more like this is what happens in the comic books like still welcome but like no and I'm not coming from that viewpoint. So if you have anything to like add or comment, like we are only taking chill, welcoming, um, constructive vibes over here. Anything outside of that, it will not be tolerated. So uh, I think that, oh, and there will be spoilers. Like this is a podcast about TV shows and movies. So things related to anything that I'm talking about that is relevant is a spoiler. There we go. So <laughs> let's get into this. So Eternals, this one, I have to say, so we're in phase four of the MCU. Like we've had our whole like Avengers led phases of the MCU. And now we're kind of in new kind, kind of, I know I'm saying kind of twice, but we're kind of in uncharted territories as far as the MCU is concerned. And there's always been this question of where do we go now post everything that happened with Affinity War and Endgame and all of that, like, where do we go now? And I think we had um, Shang-Chi, which I talked about, you can go and listen to um, that episode if you didn't, which was like a fun, good introduction to a new a character that if you're not a comic book reader, you may not be familiar with. Um, and so that was a fun movie to watch, but we've always had Eternals, which was coming. And I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of Eternals until <laughs> the movie, um, that, until they announced the movie. Don't even know any of these characters at all. 
And when they announced Eternals, I was like, okay, I guess, but I still don't really know what to expect. And it was kind of giving me feelings about, um, oh my gosh, what is that in humans? When in humans dropped on ABC, when we had like a, a huge swath of like Marvel TV shows that were happening and they dropped in humans and it was kind of like this whole, it was supposed to be like the answer to the X-Men because Marvel didn't have the rights back for the X-Men. And so, um, and humans are in the comics, but it was like their way to kind of like fill that void on TV. And that was always interesting to me. And so I'm kind of going into Eternals, like, is it kind of a similar thing like that? Because if you watched Inhumans, I mean, it was an okay season of TV, but it was only one season of TV and it didn't really do that well. So when you, when we just come out of literally the end of something that spanned 10 years, which was phenomenal, <laughs> when you like look at it overall and then you can like break it down and get super technical in each different entry into um, the er, into um, everything that happened over the past three phases of the MCU, but like we essentially ended on a high note, and so now we're going to introduce something that is big, but also pretty much, or I would say, there's a high percentage of unknown territory we're kind of walking into when we're talking about. And I break down MC or Marvel movie watchers in like two groups. There's the group of super fans, which I would say, although fans has always been like a weird thing for me, but I would put myself in that group because like I'm going to see every single movie. It doesn't matter. I'm going to see it. I'm going to talk about it. Like I'm excited for everything that's coming in the MCU. And then you have another group who are like the casual watchers. So they may not watch everything. They may only watch like the characters who they think are like their faves or them the most familiar with, or if someone via word of mouth is like, oh, I saw this, you should go see this, and they may go watch it, but they may not necessarily watch every single movie in the universe. So that's kind of the two buckets that I put it in. And so when we talk about Eternals and we talk about where are we going to go <laughs> post like a, a phase or what do you call it? What's the word over a phase? Because we have three phases, but what would you call it? Um, I don't want to keep calling it a phase because there's three phases. But anyway, <laughs> welcome to Currently Binging. So uh, yeah, so you we had like, a, we'll call it phenomenon for now until I can come up with a better word. So we had like a phenomenon that happened um, and people were pretty familiar with it because it was being led by mostly, I'm going to say, not really all, but mostly pretty well-known um, superheroes and now we're crossing into a phase where if you look at everything that's coming down the pipeline and I'm just talking about the movies and not necessarily uh, the TV shows because that's a whole nother thing now that we have Disney plus and they are literally literally like expanding the MCUs on Disney plus like nobody's business but um so you look at the movies that are coming up and outside of like the ones that we know are kind of like pickups from uh the previous phase of movies a lot of them are people or are around people who you would not I don't know, superheroes who we would not necessarily be like oh I want to see a movie about that unless you were like a diehard comic book fan so I say all that to say when I first heard about Eternals I was like oh okay like it's MCU I'm so excited like I'm gonna go see everything but I'm also like I don't really know what to really expect because I don't really know who the Eternals are 
And if you've listened for a while, then you know I have very, very, very strong (laughs) opinions about trailers, especially trailers today, because they're just all super, super long. And so many things happen in the trailers. I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I, I kind of have gotten to the point, especially this year, and you'll notice if you listen to any of the episodes I've put out this year around um, movies, that I haven't really been watching the um, trailers. <laughs> if I do see a trailer, it's usually like the first trailer that they put out and then I don't watch anymore. Uh, and for this one, I've seen bits and pieces of this trailer just because it's been literally in every single commercial break (laughs) on TVs. I have seen bits and pieces, but I haven't really paid attention because even the trailers weren't as, I don't know, it was just something about this that just was like, I'm going to see it, but it's not pulling, like, I'm not that excited. And I don't know if that's the right term, but I kind of felt the same way um, about Shang-Chi when I talked about that one house, like the, like I was seeing the trailers, but I wasn't really that excited to see it but then after going in and seeing the movie and coming out of it, i was like oh my gosh that was a really good movie versus this one going in and i was like oh i don't know coming out of it and then this is one of those movies where it's like you come out of it and you have your initial opinions but then you like start watching interviews and things like that and it kind of like opens up your mind to okay i see where you guys are where you guys were going with this and what you want to do because eternals just going into this, maybe I just felt like, oh, this is going to be ambitious. <laughs> also, <laughs> I kind of talked about this when I talked about Nine Perfect Strangers, but I don't like, I'm not really, I don't want to say I don't like, I'm not really the biggest fan of like multi-character um, POV stories. I'm just not, and like sometimes with superhero stuff, you can get away with it. The thing that I think I'm kind of jumping ahead right here, but we're going to say anyway. The thing that I think works um, a lot of times when you put a lot of superheroes and things like that, like a group of people have to come together and like fight for a common cause. The reason why I think that works a lot better for me is because like there's action and things like that. It's not necessarily like trying to keep track of these different storylines. But I think the problem that we sometimes run into is that if we don't know everyone going into the story and we have to spend all this time like trying to figure out who these people are, a lot of times that can make the overall story feel weighted down, if that makes sense. So we're going to get into it. But before we get into it, I have to do what I normally do for any movie that I talk about. I have to give you guys some numbers. So Eternals (laughs) is currently on Rotten Tomatoes, 47% critic score, 80% audience score. I'm going to tell you why I think this makes sense when I t- start talking about the actual movie. Cinema score is a B, which makes sense to me. Um, domestic opening weekend was $71.2 million. Total to date, and I told you guys we're a little bit late here, so the movie's been out now for a week and a half. We've gone through two weekends. They were number one for both weekends, but they had a, about a 66% drop-off from between week weekend one to weekend two which is concerning, but then also they're not really up against anything because I went to see this on during the second weekend. Um, so that's when Clifford dropped, which I didn't even know was dropping in the movies because I felt like I, it was only going to be on Paramount or not Paramount. Is it Peacock? One of those, one of the P, P streaming services. <laughs> I thought it was going to be on there and not in the movies, but then I saw all these kids when I got to the theater and I was like, oh my gosh, please don't let this be a movie full of 
kids. But no, they were all wanting to see Clifford, which was so strange. But yeah, so still number one. But like, literally, I think it was um, the second weekend, Eternals did like 22,000. And Clifford did, this was Clifford's opening weekend and did like 16,000. So I mean, still pretty close. But like compared to opening to second weekend, about 66% drop off. I think Chang-Chi was like a 54, 56% drop off from opening weekend to second to second weekend. I know, I feel like I'm talking gibberish, but <laughs> you guys know I like to talk about the numbers. So yeah, there's that. Um, this movie had a runtime of two hours and 37 minutes, which when I saw that, or 36, 36 or 37 minutes, when I saw that, I was even more concerned. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But this stars, and apologies to anyone's name, I messed up. You guys know I suck at pronouncing people's names. But Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Kit Harrington, Kamal Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, Brian Terry Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Barry Keoghan, Ma Dong Siak, uh, Harris Patel, Bill Skarsgård, uh, and yeah, we'll leave at that. <laughs> this was directed by Chloe Zhao. And yeah, is that all the important things that I usually start off with? So I'll start with theater experience. Again, I saw this on the second weekend. I saw this on in IMAX, which you guys know. <laughs> I like to see it in that format. The theater was really pretty, pretty empty. I want to say it was about maybe 20 people it was no more than 20 people in that theater. And at some point I did count the seats uh, on Fandango just to see how many um, seats were available or still available or taken. And it was less than 20. So it wasn't more than 20 people. I saw it on Saturday. So it was a matinee. It was 11.45 a.m. show, which to me, like you guys know, matinee is my jam. And I rarely go to matinee where there's not a lot of people in there especially on a Saturday so it was just all really weird to me but I have been seeing articles about people starting to be or feel hesitant about going into theaters again which you know whatever <laughs> like I am I would say that I am a hypochondriac and I don't feel unsafe so I mean there's that um but yeah so it was like pretty chill pretty quiet no issues no clapping at the end because again there was less than 20 people so I think the people are usually that excited have probably already seen it on the first weekend of the or the opening weekend and yeah that was a theater experience so not much to report but it kind of felt like I was watching it at home just with a super humongo screen to myself because literally like there was no one in my like line of vision, like there was no one riding the rope in front of me. There was no one um, to my right because I was in the back row and there's like a wall in the middle of the back row. So it's split in two. And so I can't see anyone on the other side of that wall who's like sitting in my row to my left, but there was literally no one to my right. So <laughs> it was a pretty chill movie, which I, you guys know, I love a chill um, viewing experience. So let's talk about it. So when I saw that the movie was two hours, over two and a half hours long, that was a little bit concerning because if we look at any other movie in the MCU, 
I think the longest ones are the Avengers movies, which makes sense. Um, and I don't think there are any other movies that have really outside of Avengers that are that long. So that was concerning. Also going into this, just the number of people in the internals was also very concerning for me. Uh, again, like I told you guys, I the internals was like a new <laughs> a new group of characters for me, so I had no clue who they who they were. And I even seeing like the bits and pieces from the trailers and seeing like the promos and all that, like I could tell it was a lot of people, but I did not realize until actually being in there watching the movie and like watching everything take place, I was like, this is a lot of fucking people <laughs> in this movie <laughs> to keep track of. So this is where I think we, where I can see, uh, this far I can see again, like a 47, is it 47%? Yeah, 47% critic score versus an 80% audience score. I think the, the, Audience score is a little bit more generous because people aren't going into it with like such a, a super critical um, mind, like a critic. I'm using air quotes because you guys know how I feel about critic, like the term critics. Like I think we need critics, but also who who are we getting these critic reviews from? I think is also very important to keep in mind. But um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm like kind of all over the place today, but it's okay. So I can see why they're both so drastically in one direction um, versus the other one, because if I'm thinking about this from a critic, first of all, I think this is from, is from both groups, regardless of if you're a critic or just like a normal person going to watch this movie. Like this is a really, this is a different movie for the MCU. Yeah, we can talk about how like the format is still, still the same and similar to any other um movie that we, we would see in the MCU where it's like we have the opening we're kind of trying to figure out who people are we have some type of conflict that we have to try to solve for we have a ton of action like really ramping up towards the end they beat whoever the bad guy is and then it's kind of like oh movie's over like there's this formulaic kind of process to all these movies which generally works I didn't read all of the um critic reviews but some of the headlines I saw were like is the formula no longer working all of these things and I bring that up because if we think about um just this movie in general it is such a different movie from any other movie that's currently in the MCU right now as an introductory point into the MCU so we need to remember that this is an introductory this is like the Eternals introductory um, movie into the MCU one. Their introductory uh, movie consists of 20,000 people <laughs> we have to be introduced to. <laughs> that is point two. And then also, we now have to take everything that we've known about the MCU. And I'm talking about like, this is mainly for the people who are like, not as familiar with what goes on in the comics we have to take everything that we've known that's happened in this universe and they kind of try to answer some of those questions immediately um when we had dane played by kate harrington who asked as cersei why they didn't um intervene during the whole snap and all of that or the blip and she was like oh we were instructed not to like they answer some of those like big 
are questions that tie back to like the entire MCU. But again, you're we're introducing this is their entry point, and it's not just one um, main character or like one main character, and, like a few side characters, which we normally get. I would say like up to three to four people. No, this is like a massive group of people, like Avengers level. I would say even bigger. This is probably like Avengers Infinity War in-game level number of people who are getting introduced to. And we now have to get introduced to all these people, figure out if we like them or not. <laughs> and we have to try to like tell some type of a story. And so I think the thing that, at least for me, kind of hurt um, this, or not hurt, or I can see where it could hurt people's perception of these characters is that because there are so many people you kind of have to be like who's is a little bit of whose story is the most important and why and that is very much so clear because I would say like the centering storyline if you will is around Cersei and Icarus in a little bit because there's like this love story that's kind of woven into it and as you're like traveling through this two and a half hour movie and you're seeing the choices that are made before you even get to the end it's kind of like why are we making these choices and what does this like what is the end goal here and I think another thing that makes this movie very different <laughs> from any other movie is that the even the love story felt different <laughs> and I felt like there was a really like very intimate love scene that happened uh between Icarus and uh Cersei when they're like in the sand and I remember watching that moment and be like this feels different <laughs> for a Marvel movie so I don't know it was just all these different things and all these different elements in the storytelling that was very very different so if you're coming into this as someone who has seen I don't even know how many movies are in the MCU at this point but if you've seen let's just say 20 plus movies that kind of had the same kind of feel and tone about them and then you come to this movie and the tone and I don't care like whatever other movie comes into the MCU they all have their own like stories and tone but they're still very much so like upbeat and when I say that I'm thinking of like a guardian Guardians of the Galaxy versus like the Thor movies where in the beginning they were a little dark but then it kind of was like oh wait but I want to be happy again so like they all have this like overtone even Captain America even though I feel you guys know Cap is my fave and I feel like his movies are a little more serious but and they're a little more like have like a spy um secret agent feel to them but they still like overall fit whereas this one it was just like the tone is completely different and there are still those funny moments that are woven within it but there's also like this seriousness that's also woven into it and a lot of that has to do with the characters because the characters come off super serious even in their mo in even in the moments where they're supposed to be funny so I can see people having like conflicted emotions watching this because it's a complete like 180 from what <laughs> we're used to getting regardless of who the superhero is um because one there's 20 people who we now have to try to figure out who they are there's this love story and there's always like a love story interwoven into these movies but this one's like a different type of love story where you're kind of like even in watching this I was like when we got to that moment 
<laughs> between Icarus and Cersei. I was like, what is this rated? Is this rated PG-13 or is it rated R? And I know it's not rated R. But I was just thinking like, I'm like, I don't know. And it wasn't even like a very graphic moment, but it was just like a moment enough to be like, this is different from what we normally see in these in these types of movies, which can be a good thing or could be a bad thing. And I love like people coming in. So again, this was directed by Chloe Zhao and to listen to her talk about this movie and like her like thought going into this movie and like her vision completely changes your whole mindset. <laughs> If, especially if you listen to it after seeing the movie, because then you're like, oh, okay, I can see why you made the choices that you made in this movie. But then also I'm like, what didn't get kept in the movie? Like, I'm kind of more interested in seeing that because there are just some characters where you know there are too many characters. You can't really spend a lot of time with them. And I think some of them were probably a little more interesting than the other ones. Um, one of them being um, Faustus, which... We kind of like see him in the um, play by, I should say, who plays who, just in case like me, you're like, there's too many people I can't keep up, played by Brian Tyree Henry. Um, well, you see him in like the historical moments in the flashbacks that um, we keep seeing, which we're gonna, uh, that reminds me, I need to talk about that as well. But um, <laughs> we see him in those moments, but then it's not until we like get to pretty much the the back end of the movie that we see him in the present and he comes in and he's kind of like he's the one that we really needed to help create like the one mind hive thing that they needed to be able to beat uh oh my gosh was it the emergence that was coming up so you had all that that was happening and then also like his story is an interesting one because like it's always questions about will marvel go there um they kind of feel like it kind of feels like they tiptoe the line when we talk about like lgbtq plus um representation in these movies and i feel like his character was like a complete representation of that and it was kind of like left to the end but i was even like the moment between um him and uh his husband where he's saying goodbye i was like are they going to show them kissing and they actually did and i was like okay like i feel like so uh, there are so many positive things that like help make this movie different from what we normally see in MCU that I think works. But there are also things that are different that that is kind of like, who is the audience for Eternals? Is it everyone in MCU or is it people who are just like here for storytelling or this world building, which is another thing because we're being introduced to 20 plus it's not really that many people in Eternals but I'm over exaggerating for those who think I'm being 100% serious but we're being introduced to 10 plus new people we also have to establish one who they are how long they've been here which has been 7,000 plus years and then make that seem realistic that's already a lot to do but then also they have this conflict that they, that they have to deal with which we don't really learn about until halfway through the movie so like there's a lot of hurdles <laughs> we have to get through and so like I would say the first half of the movie is literally just setting up who we are and then we have these this flashing um which can be a plus or it can be a dagger <laughs> in your side depending on which side of the coin you are where we now are jumping back and forth between time periods which 
Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I found myself at moments being like, oh my gosh, are we like jumping back in time again? I kind of wanted it to be like, can we just have spent the first like 30 to 45 minutes just in the past and then just went to the present? Like, I don't know. Like there were moments where I was just like, I felt I just don't want to do the back and forth thing anymore while watching it. Um, so yeah, and for me personally, this is just for Eva personally, I am very critical of either movies or TV shows that do a lot of time switching and flopping um, because yeah, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't always work for me personally. And there were moments in watching Eternals where it worked and there were moments where I was just like, did we really need that? And it kind of was more so as we went on, kind of saving like the flashback moment for when we were about to be reintroduced to someone in the present who we hadn't yet seen, which I mean, I guess that could kind of work, but yeah, I don't know. And then there were some weird choices where some of the characters are like, you don't really, you're like, are they good? Are they bad? But then they kind of like have a moment where it's like, oh no, they are good. Oh no, they are bad. But then it's like, okay, it just kind of feels like it happens out of nowhere. So Druig, which who he still is like, are we supposed to like him? Are we not supposed to like him? Even when we get to the end, like his relationship, his relationship between him and Mercari, which we kind of saw like in the past, but then also just was like, oh, they're back in the future when they um, first see each other. And then uh, Faustus and I want to say Icarus, I think it was two people were like, oh, is this a thing? Is this happening? Like, where did this, where did this come from? Um, whereas Icarus was also like a weird one, but he also... And I don't know if it's just the way that Richard uh, Madden played him, but he just always was kind of like one note throughout the entire thing. Even delivering the comedic moments are kind of like, is that supposed to be funny or is it not supposed to be funny? <laughs> That's kind of how I felt um, watching it. And he could just kind of have like this hard edge about him, which was kind of hard to like chip away at. So when you're trying to figure out like what the hell is going on with him between him and Cersei, like and that whole like, oh, they got married and all of this. So it was really a pretty much a love story about portrayal. At the end of the day, that's what it was. But it was kind of like getting there was kind of like, it just felt like we were just doing a bunch of like sharp curve curves. So like back and forth curving, like, you know, when you see the sign where it's like curves ahead, like it kind of felt like that trying to navigate through that entire storyline. Um, I can't talk about all these characters. There's just so many, there's so many. Sprite, she also had a weird moment. Um, where it was just like some of the characters, and that's why I'm like, I kind of want to know what they didn't include as far as like things that could have aided to the character um, building throughout or their character storyline. Because Sprite, uh, who was it? I want to say it was Kingo, who was like, oh, she's, in was it Kingo? I think so. Who was like, oh, you're in love with... Um, Icarus or whatever. It was just like, okay, whatever makes sense. And I can see, like, I empathize with her. Like, you've literally been, you're an, a grown woman stuck in a child's body. You've lived 7,000 plus years of life. Like, all of your frustrations make sense. But then the kind of, the way that she, um, like, 
jumped from like 50 to a thousand in the end when she was like, oh, I'm going to go with Icarus. And he's like, don't try to stop. If you try to stop the emergence, like I'm going to kill you. And at first you're like, oh, maybe she's just going to kind of be there. And then like, if she needs to help out the team, like she'll help them. But I was like, no, she was legit about to take out <laughs> Cersei and have that whole moment where she literally was like, oh, I hate you. And like literally that's, I'm like, summarizing how I interpreted it pretty much like I hate you you got to have everything I get to have nothing kind of like a sibling rivalry in a way but just one that could end in death <laughs> it was just like oh my gosh okay girl so there was that um we lost a lot of people we lost uh Ajak pretty early on who she was also a complicated character but also like kind of played a backseat because we mostly only see her in the um, historical or the historical moments that we see throughout the movie. And then Thena, oh my gosh, the one thing I will say, Angelina Jolie, I love Angelina Jolie. I have always, I've been like a long time fan of Angelina Jolie. And I, a lot of my favorite movies of her are her action movies. So just to see her um, like in taking on a more, action role an action filled role was like oh my gosh like I kind of miss seeing you action movies and I think she held it well but then having the other complexity of her character being someone who's kind of like fighting with all these memories and like degradation of the mind and all that was very interesting so yeah I was glad she didn't die in that <laughs> she seems to be like in a better place where she doesn't just get to the point where she wants to kill everyone on her team. So we lost, we lost Ajax, we lost Gilgamesh. Like even when we got to the end, like Kingo had pieced out with um, Quran or Quran. Oh, you guys know I'm gonna mess up those names. But like he was an interesting, like kind of like sidekick character who kind of helped add some comedic moments into a very like overtone serious type of a movie. So I don't know. And then the whole like emergence thing, I think was a very weird, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I should not be laughing, but like, even when it was like, oh, we have to stop the emergence. I was just like, well, clearly, like, you know, they're going to stop the emergence because there's literally like two years worth of movies that have already been announced two or three years worth of movies that have already been announced. So, you know, they're going to stop the emergence because like, there's just no way Earth blows up into a bajillion pieces and there's no more life. So I don't know. That whole, the, the fact that that was like what they were fighting for. And then also we kind of have this, um, the, like the super baddie, I guess if we can call him. And um, what's his name? Arisham. Aresham, I don't know. You guys know when I when I hear it on the movie, in the movie or in the TV show, whatever it is. And then first is when I read it, it just never sounds the same when I say it out loud. So <laughs> there is that. But we know like he's just going to be like a an ever present kind of like bad or not evil person, but the opponent for the Eternals moving forward, just because he literally yanked. The remaining people who are on earth out of earth <laughs> it was like you will like your memories i think he said something like your memories will be the judge of if these people on earth deserve to live and i'm like what does that mean like 
<laughs> where are we going with this? So I don't know, but we did see at the very end that it said Eternals will be back. So assuming there's going to be another um, Eternals movie, which I'll, I'll talk about that when I talk about the future. But I want to make sure I talk about everything that actually happened in the movie. We had Dane, played by Kate Harrington, which I was like... I didn't, like, I don't, again, I wasn't familiar with these characters, so I thought he was going to be, like, one of the Eternals, but he was not. <laughs> but he's actually, like, someone else, which I was reading an article about the end credit scenes because we had that moment um, right before Cersei got snatched up <laughs> where he was, like, trying to say, like, oh, his family's very complicated, and I was like, oh, my gosh, wait. I mean, you don't put Kit Harrington in a movie or in anything if you're not going to like use him I would think and that goes for every single I mean the cast was like a top-notch cast so it's like that goes for everyone so if they're in here they have to be in here for a reason especially Kit Harrington because like I'm thinking Jon Snow like why would you not use him but um <laughs> apparently his family ties to something um but we see him like open up a box and then we hear a voice come over the screen or come out of the screen from we don't really see who the voice belongs to but the voice belongs to in real life Mahershala Ali and we know he's going to be in um Blade so like I'm thinking we're possibly going to see Kit Harrington in the Blade movies that are coming in the future so I don't know there was that we also had I know I'm jumping around so that's pretty much all I have to say about <laughs> the actual <laughs> movie was just that like I saw I I understand a little bit more listening to an interview that Chloe Zhao did like about her thought process because she her like just to listen to her speak is very much like oh my gosh like this is like someone being like literally she's I think she said she sent Kevin Feige a picture of like close-up of sand and like just from there like this whole like her whole like idea where we could go or where she could take Eternals was just like, okay, that makes sense. Watching it, it makes sense. I just still think that it was just a lot of people. And if you go, if you kind of attach yourself to any of the characters outside of, or attach yourself a lot to any of the characters outside of like Cersei, Icarus, even Sprite, because they have a lot of screen time compared to everyone else, then I can see you walking away being disappointed because someone who you may have connected with more um, may not have been um, on screen as much or not even in the end, the end battle. I'm doing air quotes, if you will, because even the end battle wasn't like as epic of an end battle as we're kind of used to getting. It kind of felt anticlimactic in a way, if you will, just because I think we're so used to these big final battles. And I don't know, the like, infighting or like sibling rivalry if you will just was like ah okay it wasn't really against like the big bad it was more so like amongst each other and even still you're questioning like the motive behind the fight more so from like Icarus and Sprite than I think anyone else but then also I forgot like clearly because I forgot while watching it but they also had Crow which was supposed to be like another villain if you will but I don't know, that whole like development and storyline of Crow was a little bit wobbly for me. And even when he showed up at the end on the beach, I was like, oh my gosh, is this another Spider-Man or the Amazing Spider-Man 2 moment? Whereas like, 
you think you're about to be at the end, but it's like, oh wait, we've got another villain for you. <laughs> like it's never ending. And when he showed up, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about you. Like I literally forgot about him. And it also kind of gave me, um, what was it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Avengers, the second Avengers. Oh, not the, oh my gosh, you guys know the one I'm talking about. But the one I would probably say is like, I would say if we had to rank the Avengers movie, it's probably like the last, but it's the one where they're fighting all the robots. Um, and that was kind of like a weak kind of like villain um, moment as well. But this one was just like, <laughs> it was like, oh my God, it was, he wasn't even like memorable enough to like remember that he was out there and that he was a threat because he just kind of disappeared for a good 30, 45 minutes. And like was mentioned a little bit, but then it was like, he just shows up and it's like, oh yeah, you are, you were out there. So I don't know. It was just a lot of craziness, but, um, yeah. So I think that's all I have to say about the overall movie. I feel like I can keep going on and digging into different things, but we'd be here for, for forever. And you guys know, I'm trying to like condense these episodes down so that every episode is not an hour long. But anyway, um, let's talk about the other end credit scene. So again, I told you guys, I have not been watching trailers, but I have also not been reading articles related to um, any of the movies that are coming out just because I'm I'm finding that a lot of them seem to be a little more spoilery than they used to be, which is fine because I'm a spoiler podcast, but it's also like spoiler after the fact and not necessarily before you see the movie, um, even though I will spoil a book if it's related to whatever it is I'm talking about, but that's completely different because I say that it's going to be spoiled. But um, yeah, so I feel like there's a lot, especially around like the MCU and all of that, like they start filming so early and then there's always like set pics and everything that gets leaked leading up to the actual movie coming out. So I have just really not been reading as many articles as I used to. And I may have completely missed this, but I had no clue <laughs> that Harry Styles was in this at all. At all, I think um, I accidentally saw an article that said had Harry's name in it, but it didn't really register to me because it did not make sense to me that Harry Styles would be in this movie. I'm thinking maybe it was a song or something that they used until we get the first, um, we get the mid credit scene with the with the uh, Eternals who are on the Domo, which is the ship that um, they've used to, tr to literally travel over 7,000 plus years, but um, they are out in space. Oh shoot, I literally just hit my knee. You get a, a visitor or visitor, should we say, um, on the ship. And first they get Pip the Troll voiced by Patton Oswalt. Uh, and when I heard that voice, I was like, oh my gosh, I know that voice, I know that voice. Why do I know that voice? But it's like, does <laughs> Patton Oswalt. So we see him, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then we hear another voice and I'm like, I know that voice. And then we see them step into the light and it's Harry freaking Styles, <laughs> who is Eros, who is Thanos' brother. And I was like, what is going on? I literally was sitting in there. So like after that mid credit scene ended, I was literally on Google waiting for the, the last or like the end credit scene because I was like, what is going on? What is happening? And then like seeing who Eros is and then knowing who Harry Styles is, I was like, okay, that makes sense. 
um, why he would be. So I don't know in what capacity we're going to see him in the future. I'm assuming we are just because he told the Eternals that um, Erisham was holding um, their other, the other people from their group and that they needed their help. And it seems like he's going to be like taking them or tagging along for the ride. So I'm assuming we would possibly see him either in a future Eternals movie or possibly could see him make an appearance in something else. But I'm also like, Harry Styles signed on to be a part of the MCU. Like, does this guy not take time to relax? But I guess the past like year was, or year and a half was like time to relax. And now everyone's just like, oh, let's get into it. But <laughs> I'm like, he's literally on tour right now. And it was even more insane. Cause I literally Thursday night went to his concert. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, I literally just saw you two days ago and now you're on the screen in front of me and this is insanity. So I don't know, that's going to be interesting to see. And I think Harry is a good actor. I talked about it when I talked about Dunkirk. I was really surprised by his performance in that. And I don't I don't know why. Um, maybe because it was like the first thing he was in and I don't really have high expectations <laughs> for people who like cross over from music into acting because is usually like a learning a learning moment for everyone until they kind of get their footing but i was really surprised by his performance in dunkirk and he's also has another movie that's coming out um i think next year but yeah he's like literally like trying to get all the acting in and it's going to be interesting i'm ex kind of excited for it and even reading the articles like of why of why they thought about harry for the role or why he was casted for the role i was just like okay it makes even more sense because like it's harry <laughs> styles <laughs> and i don't know if this also is because i literally was just at his concert and this is not about his concert but like i've seen harry in concert twice i was not a, a one direction fan but i do like harry's music on his own and I've seen two concerts of his and I think the second one it just felt like very relaxed and very um personable and very cheeky and I have a feeling that that's kind of like the Arrow's characters like this cheeky kind of like everyone like loves him whether sexually <laughs> or not but that's kind of the vibes that I was getting from um Harry but also from reading like the character in the comics and apparently he has some controversial moments in the comics which I highly doubt Disney is going to put in their movies but yeah it's going to be interesting so I'm excited about that but um where do we go in the future so yeah I don't know I think we need to this reminds me I need to talk about this I saw an article where um someone was talking about, I didn't read the whole thing because it was a super long article but I did read a good chunk of it and they were talking about how maybe the MCU needs to call it quits and I read the comments and a lot of people disagreed with the author, but even as I was reading the article, I kind of disagreed with it as well. They were saying they should have ended with like the Avengers and on a high point, like people don't want essentially the same story we always get, whether it's the MCU or it's the DCEU. Like it's the same story of people are gonna get superhero fatigue. Do people still want superhero movies? Like all of that um, was kind of the tone of it, but then him also being like using Eternals as like an example of why, um, the why Marvel should stop like making movies and I just don't think that's the case I've always said this even when I talk about um like DC movies are constant I'm like there is enough room for all these things to coexist but also there's enough room for even within like the same universe for there to be differing types of movies and I think that that should 
be the case and we should us as viewers should allow artists because they are artists these are creative creatively minded people the space to be able to do different things and I think Marvel I want to say that they're at the point where like they're willing to take that chance to let but they may not take all the all the reins off of the horse if you will because we still see stories of um conflicts of interest as far as like where they where like the, the director wants to go versus where a studio wants to go with the story but I do think that they are kind of opening up if you're coming with like a, a good enough concept to be like oh this is where I see you us going or you going with this storyline for these characters kind of how Chloe Zhao did it then I could see them being like okay let's take that leap because at the end of the day and this is why I feel like Marvel should be a little bit more comfortable, especially at this point, because now we're in phase four with this, is that regardless of what it is, at least for the first couple of weekends, like it's going to like it's going to make money. It may not make the money as fast as in Avengers, <laughs> but there's still enough interest that is still going to do numbers um, and everything is not going to be an Avenger level success story especially during, as we move into the future, there is just not realistic because we're now introducing a bunch of people who people don't really know or haven't really been a part of the last 10 years of the storytelling. And so now it's kind of like you have to um, like rebuild that trust in a way with the audience. So I don't know. It's very interesting, but I'm excited to see where else we go um, with phase for with like some of those characters who we don't really know because I kind of feel like I know where we're going to go with like Guardians of the Galaxy Thor like because those are characters we're familiar with even Spider-Man even though like I told you guys at the beginning I don't know I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to feel about it but like those are characters we know um versus like something like Eternals where we don't kind of just being open-minded to it being something different than what we've been seeing for the last 10 years and being okay with that. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's everything that I wanted to talk about for Eternals. I'm sure I've left a gajillion things out because it was a two and a half hour long movie. So let me know what you guys thought about Eternals. Uh, again, I'm on Discord. You can talk to me on there. Still very, very not familiar <laughs> with Discord, but we can chat there. You can also message me on social media. I got DMs this past week, which was like exciting with like suggestions of like things to talk about on the show, which I, I will take. If it's a good show and you love it and you're watching it, let me know and I will definitely take it into consideration and potentially talk about it on the podcast. So that's all I have to say, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currentlyvision on Instagram and at currentlyvision on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.